Episode 56, Stopping the Cycle. Hello and welcome to the Fighting for Connection podcast. I'm Brett Nicola, a husband, father, and fun lover. Listen in as I share stories, tips, and inspiration that will move you toward the connection that you want in your relationship. Welcome back to the Fighting for Connection podcast. It's been a busy few weeks here at Pivotal Approach. I feel like I say that every time I come on here, but last weekend we had our virtual retreat, so we were preparing for that, and uh, it was just such an amazing day of learning. Uh, We had five different presenters come in there, including, uh, I guess, along with myself, so there were six of us total. And over about seven and a half hours, uh, we just uh, got to hear so much wisdom and uh, hear so many tips and tricks. And uh, we were inspired so much by each speaker that came on and presented. And I guess for myself and my wife, Kelsey, it just felt like uh, there was so much there for us to Uh, think about and to focus on and to apply to our relationship. And it just felt like over the course of the day, each presentation integrated so well with each other and they just really seemed to build off of each other. So if you missed it and you would like to watch the replays, definitely reach out. Um, We will be having those replays available, but um, if you reach out now, I'll keep you posted on where and how to access them. So with that behind us now, it feels like I can kind of take a, a breath and uh, catch up on some other aspects of the business. And this week, uh, I'm really looking forward to having some time to do just that. So catching up on uh, a lot of different things that were kind of uh, neglected or pushed to the wayside because uh, the priority was to get the Revive and Thrive Connected Couples Retreat done. And now that that's kind of done, we're, uh, we're, we took a breath here over the weekend and we're uh, rolling up our sleeves here again and getting back to work. So prior, I guess, to the virtual retreat, um, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I got to spend a few days in the woods with uh, my oldest four kids. So I had my, my 10-year-old, uh, my now eight-year-old. She had her birthday today. And uh, and then I had a seven, six-year-old and a five-year-old out there. And uh, yeah, we just hiked a few miles in with some some friends and their kids. And uh, we hiked into a campsite along Penn Creek, uh, which is on the Superior Hiking Trail. And near the Bean and Bear Loop, if anyone's familiar with that. So uh, we got to see the wonderful fall colors. We had amazing weather. And uh, those kids of mine, I was so impressed. It seemed like they got along better out there than they did at home. And uh, they were all carrying in their clothes and their uh, sleeping mats and sleeping bags. And they did really, really well. So I... Uh, I felt like it was just a fun few days to connect with those kids, to be out in nature with them. And uh, I joke around that prior to that, you know, the most adventurous we'd gotten 
uh, in that type of way was probably spending an afternoon at the Mall of America. And, and, uh, you can know that I wasn't going to spring for any sort of ride. So we were watching the rides at Mall of America and, um, that's just kind of where we've been as a family. But, uh, recently we've been doing a little bit more of this kind of, uh, these kind of activities and it's been fun. Uh, I, I guess to me, it seems like, uh, it's a way to kind of pull away from <clears throat> life as we know it. And, uh, and, uh, you don't have service there on your cell phone. So there's nothing, uh, to distract you. And, um, especially when where we were camping right along Penn Creek. Uh, and you just get to hang out with those kids and you get to see them in a different element and see them kind of navigating challenges and interacting with other kids and interacting with uh, each other. And, and uh, yeah, I guess I enjoyed it. And uh, I think that it is something everyone should do is uh, go check out that, at, at least that, section of the trail that I was on up in northern Minnesota near Lake Superior on the Superior Hiking Trail. So that's my little plug for that. Today we're back talking about the conflict cycle. So the last few sessions have been about the conflict cycle and much of my work here at Pivotal Approach is uh, kind of founded upon the conflict cycle. So uh, we talk about it a lot, and uh, this won't be the end of our discussions with the conflict cycle. It really is kind of uh, just the beginning. I reference it quite a bit in our previous podcasts, but I thought, you know, really just digging in and focusing on it for a time would be helpful to all of you so that you really know uh, the power that is within uh, understanding the conflict cycle and you can be inspired like I was uh, years ago now to understand your conflict cycle and develop the skills that are required to step out of your conflict cycle and uh, into clarity within your relationship, which is often going to breed a closer and more secure connection. Um, if you're wondering what you can do to work on your marriage, spending time really understanding the idea of the conflict cycle and learning the skills to manage your side of the cycle, I really believe is the answer. Uh, there is so much work for so many people that can be found within this. And so uh, it's something that I believe in so much. And uh, I feel that there's, there is um, a need to really help other people see that there are things available to them to do that are going to help facilitate a more secure bond and a stronger connection and uh, all those things that we are looking for within our uh, romantic marriage relationship. As you, as you uh, look into your cycle, you're going to find that there are things that come up for you and learning what these things are and developing skills to step out of your conflict cycles will allow for you to have more stable relationships and to work through the confusion that comes up, by the way, within every human relationship. And your these skills are going to help you uh, communicate in a clear way that often, so often leads to reassurance and a stronger bond within that relationship. Last 
episode, we talked about what the cycle is. And now we're going to talk about how to stop the cycle. And towards the end of that last episode, I talked about noticing the cycle. And I, and that's so important. People jump this step all the time. You first need to notice your cycle. And most people identify with the feeling that comes up when things aren't going well in their relationship. Most people can feel like that knot, the tightening in their chest, the pit in their stomach, uh, something like that. Other people, however, have a, a little bit more of a difficult time noticing that feeling. And they are more aware of their anger, their frustration, their hopelessness, their disconnection, or their feeling of numbness. But you have to figure out what it is that you can identify that helps you see that you are dysregulated and you are in the cycle. You are identifying when you are in the cycle. And I think that's important. A lot of people during when we're working on this aspect in session uh, they I'll ask them how do you know when you're in your cycle and they'll often point to their partner they'll be like they're shutting down they're upset they're angry they're and and that's kind of where our mind often is our mind is really aware of what our spouse is doing or how our, how we think our spouse is feeling but when we're looking to stop and break our cycle it's really important that we take our focus off of our partner and we bring it onto ourselves. And you need to figure out what it is that you feel, what it is that you experience when you are in your cycle. You never can for sure know if your spouse is in their cycle. Like, unless they tell you, um, their behaviors aren't a clear sign uh, to you that they're in their cycle. So using them as a, as a measurement isn't very valuable. You have to use you as a measurement. You have to know when you are in your cycle. You have to know what that feeling is because once you figure out what that feeling is, then you can begin to figure out how to put language around it and how to communicate about it. So once you find that feeling or that sign that lets you know that you are in your cycle, I want you to get really, really good at spotting it. This is usually where most of my couples start is we just spend time spotting our cycle, spotting our dysregulation, spotting that feeling that comes in when things aren't going uh, how we would hope or how we would like within our relationship. And it likely happens multiple times a day if you're having interactions with your spouse. It's these little moments of confusion, of disconnect, of miscommunication that happen in, in, in between us in our relationship. Uh, it doesn't always lead to some bigger disconnect, uh, but it's more like a passing feeling. And I just want you to get really good at noticing all of it. The better you are at noticing it and putting words to it, the better you'll be able to communicate in your cycle with your spouse. So as you notice it, I think it's really important that you figure out words that help you uh, communicate about it. So writing it down in a journal writing it down, um, you know, on a piece of paper, whatever, do whatever it is that you need to do to figure out what the language is that you're feeling uh, from that, from that uh, emotion. So as you find yourself in a good old fashioned conflict cycle and you can see your own dysregulation, uh, I guess to do that, you need to see under the anger, under the frustration, 
under the resentment or whatever it is that cover emotion is, you need to be able to recognize that there's softer emotions that are happening. Uh, and those softer emotions create that anxiety. They create that tightening in your chest, in your body. And, and there are words to that. Often those words are like, I feel worried or I feel rejected or I feel hurt or I feel alone or, or something like that. And those are much more clear than I can't stand you and you're, you're always doing this and you never do that. And, uh, that's much more clear than shutting down and pulling away. I feel like, uh, I can't keep you happy and I want to keep you happy and you're important to me. Like those, those are a lot of often the words that are underneath, like the anger, the resentment, the pushing away, the, the attacking and, and whatever that can happen when we are in a full blown conflict cycle. Um, so as you, as you, I learn how to identify that feeling, as you get good at identifying that feeling, and as you get good at putting language to it, you're going to develop skills that allow you to break your cycle. One of the first big cycles Kelsey and I broke looked like this. Um, the, the air in the house was pretty thick. Uh, we'd been at it for some time. And when I, when Kelsey and I fight, it, 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 um, it isn't like loud. It isn't, uh, you know, heavy arguing or anything like that. It usually is like big feelings that we're both feeling and we both know each other are feeling big feelings. And then it's just like little sentences here and there. And it just seems like the sentences, sentences that are passed just make things that, uh, worse. It just kind of escalates everything. So, um, we'd been in this space for some time and we're, we're kind of approaching it this time and time again over, I feel like a few days trying to hash the details of whatever the, the content of the dispute was about. And it was getting nowhere. Uh, and I was able to recognize that I was dysregulated. I'd been studying and working on the conflict cycle for some time at this point. And I knew there was a better way back to the connection that I wanted with Kelsey that was different than the old way of arguing and trying to get Kelsey to see my point or to see that I was right or to see that she had somehow mistreated me. That way just seemed to keep us stuck. So this time I knew that I was dysregulated. I knew that I was in the cycle. I could feel the urge to pull away, to flee. That's kind of my, my cover behavior. Uh, and, and that is what I would do in the past when things weren't going well, I'd shut down and pull away. Uh, and because I knew that I was in the cycle and I knew that it likely wasn't the case that all those things in my brain, all those like thoughts that my brain was thinking about, you know, where Kelsey was at or what was, what was true about our relationship, like all of those feelings and thoughts likely weren't true. And I could believe that because I'd studied the conflict cycle, and uh, I knew that the, the feelings and beliefs that I had at that time were very likely from the confusion of the cycle. And at this point, I didn't have so much skill to be able to really communicate my and put words to my own feelings. Uh, but I, I was able to kind of move out of my anger, out of my frustration and resentment. And it gave me the courage and the clarity to do something different this time. And it wasn't easy. I, I really had to kind of change my whole being. Uh, I remember kind of taking a breath, letting that soft feeling of sadness and even the hurt kind of come in and just push out the anger and the resentment. 
And from that space, kind of from my that more vulnerable, softer space, I found Kelsey. Uh, I remember she was sitting at the island in her kitchen, and uh, I just put my hand on her and uh, on her shoulder there, and I simply said, hey, Kelsey, I, I think we're a little confused, and I just want you to know that I love you, and I want to figure this out with you. That was the first time that we really kind of broke our cycle in the middle of it. Uh, And from there, we began to talk about our worry and our longing to be close. And we began to feel the reassurance from each other that we cared about each other, that we loved each other, that we wanted to figure this out together. And it was a big turning point in our relationship. And I just want you to see, like, like the, the way I approached her really came from like a soft kind of I own my side of it. I, I leaned into her and I and I went towards her, even though like my body was screaming to like move away from her to protect yourself. I let that go and I moved close and towards her. And it was from a, a softer kind of that more vulnerable emotion. You're important to me. I want you. Uh, and that's so important. It, it really isn't the behavior that we're trying to change here. It's it's our feeling that we're trying to change. I want you to move towards your partner with that softer feeling, not with the right behavior. Because our feelings kind of leak through our behavior. So even if we do everything, we behave the right way, but we're still resentful, it's going to leak through. And it's important that you figure out how to let that resentment move out and let the softer emotions kind of take over and move in before you uh, work and you offer that bid for reconnection, uh, which is which is what I was able to do here at this time. Um, so now from here, we had a way out of the pain of our cycle, a, a way that we could feel close and reassured and connected and stronger than uh before even uh, whatever the conflict was that our cycle was started by. And this was this was pretty amazing. And what I find is if you can break one cycle, you're much more likely to be able to break a second cycle. And once you break two cycles, four cycles come, six cycles come, whatever it is, uh, and, and you this becomes a, a skill that you can access more and more often, more quickly, more efficiently. And, and this really is how you stop your cycle. You own your side of it. You move out of the protective cover emotions, such as anger, frustration, resentment, defensiveness, and you access your softer, more vulnerable emotions. From there, you can regulate yourself. You can see that, oh, what my brain is telling me maybe isn't true. And once you're able to see that, you can then share your truth with your spouse. And the truth is not that you can't stand them. It's not that you... Uh, think they're the problem. But the truth is that you're worried because they are so important to you. And the ability to communicate this is a skill. Uh, to be able to talk open and clear and in vulnerable ways, it takes practice. It can be hard, but it can be done and you can learn it. And when you do, you will find that you invite others into a closer and more meaningful relationship with you. So often we talk to each other in confusing and protective ways, and we're slow to really let each other know where we're at. It's in an effort to protect ourselves, but it comes at a cost way too often. Uh, So often the cost is that the confusion of uh, the cycle 
is winning and the relate and our relationship is getting lost in the protective emotions that we encapsulate ourselves with. So if I could encourage you to do one thing, it would be to learn how to regulate your cycle, uh, to communicate your side of the dysregulation that's happening, uh, and to learn how to communicate from these vulnerable attachment longings. Uh, when you do this, you communicate in a clear, vulnerable way that invites those most important people into relationship with you. And with that skill, you'll be able to navigate your way through some of the most difficult conflicts, some of the most entrenched conflict cycles that you're facing. There's a lot here to think about. There's a lot here to practice. And I would love if you take the time to discuss this with your spouse, to take time this week to focus on your relationship by focusing on what is happening for you. Oftentimes when people are beginning their work with me, they ask me, how often uh, should we set aside time to meet with you? Should it be weekly or biweekly? And I, I often say, hey, here's the deal. You can we work with me, you know, weekly, biweekly, whatever it is that fits for you. But more importantly, figure out a time to schedule uh, with each other where you work on your relationship. I think that's so much more valuable that you come in here, uh, you figure out what to work on, and then you set aside, you know, three to five hours a week where you're working on the things that you're learning about. And, uh, and, and that's really where I want you to carve time out of your life to, uh, and resources out of your life to be able to do, um, you know, pay for, pay for therapy, th pay for coaching. Sure. But also pay for a babysitter or something like that. Pay for, uh, and, and create time in your life where you can really focus on these things, have these kind of conversations and uh, learn how to communicate with each other in a way that allows for you to stay close, reassured, and uh, develop that secure bond that I really believe both of you are looking for. So with that, I hope you have a wonderfully connected week. I can't wait to talk to you all next week. Go out there and break your cycles. Bye-bye. This has been the Fighting for Connection podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want more content like this, check out my Connected Couples campus, which can be found on my website, www.pivotalapproach.com, and become the difference you need in your relationship.